Hey, man, can the, can, could the row behind the tall row right there, the row behind the tall row, could you all see the worship words today? Thank you, and I see basketball players for being here today. We just welcome you here. Coach Corey, God bless you. Thank you. Welcome you here. We love NIC. We love basketball. You can tell it was my sport. I'm, I'm teasing, man. Let's dive into the word, amen? I want to talk, this is my last uh, sermon in the area of the authentic church. I want to talk to you today about an authentic church is a house of hope. A house of hope. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we lift up a couple of families that lost loved ones this week. We pray for Sharon Blythe and her family who lost her husband. We pray for Amy Allen who lost her husband. We just pray for them and pray grace, grace, and your peace to cover them. We thank you for them today. Father, we lift up this word to you right now. We ask that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, we say, have your way today. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from your mouth. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to thy word. So, Lord, we pray, send your word today and bring healing and bring life and do all that you want to do in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Psalms 146.5 says this. It's going to be behind me. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. There is an unspeakable joy deep down in the hearts and guts of a believer whose hope is in God, who has hope. I want to talk to you about that hope today. Ask your neighbor right now. Come on, go with me. Ask your neighbor. Question, two words, got hope? Ask him, ask another one. Years ago, I felt like the, the Lord spoke to me, J.O., every time you preach, I want you to preach hope. No matter what it is, no matter how hard of a truth it may be, I want you to wrap it in hope. I want you to cloak it in hope. Every time you preach, you preach hope. Why? Because I think people struggle in the area of hope. The enemy comes to steal and destroy, kill your hope, just to suck it out. One of our values at Heart of the City Church, if you've not been through our core class, it's every Sunday, the first four Sundays of the month, uh, other than the fifth Sunday, which is actually today, is our core class. Our core class is our 12 values of, of what we believe in, what we camp out on. And it's important that you know as you, you know, pray about being part of Heart of the City Church that you know what our values are. And uh, in one of that, one of our values is the spirit of Jesus. What in the world is the spirit of Jesus? In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. One of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was a tree of life. And we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Out of that tree, I think, obviously, is not knowledge and information and instruction. I think legalism comes from that tree. I think religiosity comes from that tree. But before they could eat from the tree of life, they were separated from it. And I, I think that Jesus represents that tree of life. Everywhere that Jesus went, 
He was about life. And we want to be uh, instruments of life. And, and I want to talk to you. Just listen to the scripture that uh, just absolutely personifies who Jesus is and why he came. We're real familiar with John 3.16. This is actually the next scripture after John 3.16.17. It says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Somewhere down the the road, sometimes we make the good news of Jesus Christ bad news. But the good news of Jesus Christ is really good news. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. People of all ages, background, ethics, wherever you come from, need hope. There's not a person that doesn't need hope. Jesus preached hope. Jesus shared hope. Jesus was hope. Jesus is hope. Why do you think that sinners, tax collectors, the Bible speaks of notorious sinners, why do you think that they always was hanging out with Jesus? Because he was all about hope. They got around Jesus and they heard hope. They got around Jesus and they felt hope. He would encourage them. Hope. I want to talk to you about hope today as the turning of the season. Uh, college started last week, and young people are going to go back to schools, and families kind of start getting back in the groove. It's a season, like Clark was saying. There's a, there's a change in the season. And, and I started thinking, God, you're not, I'm not the only one that you want to preach hope through. I think that every person in this room right here, that that's a word to you today. In the day that we live in, the climate that we live in in America, everything that's going on in the states, everything that we're faced with, that you and I are to be instruments of hope. Look around just for a moment. Bend your neck. Look at the people here upstairs. All right, go ahead, do that. You can, you can move in church. Come on, you can move. Look around. Look at the people in here. Can you imagine if we were all preachers of hope? Maybe even creatures of hope. But at least preachers of hope. Can you imagine the army of hope that's right in here, right in this room right now? The impact we can have on our community. The impact you can have at NIC and the school and the place of work and in your home. We have the greatest message of all time. The message of Jesus Christ. It's called the gospel. Do you know what the gospel means? It means good news. Don't jack it up. Don't make it bad news. It's awesome news. It's a message of hope. It's a message of grace. And we're to be instruments and carriers of that wherever we go. There was a, a, a group that used to sing. Oh, I'm sure they still sing. But I had a little, y'all remember cassette players? How many of y'all remember a cassette player? Man, there was a lot of hands that didn't go up. How many of y'all remember eight-track players? I had an eight track in my 66 Chevelle and had a pink Eagles eight track tape. Click that thing in there. Click, click, click. I had a 66 Mustang. And man, I had these speakers in the back called mind blowers. Mind blowers. They had an amp built in. And I had the stereo cutting edge probably alpine or pioneer 
mind blowers. And it was a cassette player. Cassettes were so clear. I would put this tape in, just click, click, click. And this, this group would come on. They were called Journey. How many of y'all remember Journey? And this guy, he could sing a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Steve Perry, he could sing a little bit. And he would start singing, don't stop believing, hold on to that feeling, yeah. Street light people. Huh? How many of y'all remember that? I gave that brother some singing lessons, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm teasing. But it was a, it was a song of hope. Josh, Josh would be in the back back there is going, J.O., you just killed that song right there, man. He's a rocker. It was a song of hope. Don't stop believing. I love that song. I don't know what all the rest of the words is. Don't go and dissect the words and go, J.O., that's a demonic song. Don't do that. I'm just saying this. That particular part of the song, this, don't stop believing, is full of hope, full of hope. I heard a joke the other day, and I thought, man, that's a, that's a hope joke. There was a guy that in the middle of nowhere, he had a flat tire, had a flat tire right in front of this insane, solemn kind of hospital, and uh, he got out and was changing the tire and, and uh, Removed all the lug nuts off the spare, off, not off the spare tire, but off the flat tire. And, and all the lug nuts, he was on this, on this little hill, and all the lug nuts went down this rain kind of gutter in the middle of the road. And he lost all his lug nuts, man. And he's standing out there, I got a flat tire, and I don't have no lug nuts. And he just was hopeless. And the guy in the hospital, the insane solemn, he lifted up the window and says, Hey, why don't you take a lug nut off the other three tires and put it on there until you get to the next city. It'll get you there, those three other lug nuts, and it'll get you to the next city. You get some more lugs. He was like, wow. Why are you in there, man? He says, I'm crazy. I ain't stupid. <laughs> Hope. Hope. Hope brings excitement. Hope brings passion. Hope brings joy and life. It's why I get up in the morning. I don't get up and go, oh, it's just another day. This is the Lord. The day the Lord hath made, I shall be depressed today. No, man. Hope brings excitement. And the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 28, the hope of the righteous will be gladness. Smile at your, at your neighbor right now. Just come on, give him some gladness this morning. Go ahead, smile. Oh, give him, don't put that fake smile on. Come on, give him a good, give him a real, real smile. You know what the most prescribed drug is right now? Do you know what the most prescribed drug is right now? Anti. The research I read said 10% of everyone's on in America at least, is on antidepressants, 10%, 10%. Since uh, 1996, from 96 to 2005, it absolutely doubled antidepressants. Why would you think that? Like never before in the last 25 years, suicide rate is the highest it's ever been according to Associated Press. 
Suicide rate is now 12.6 suicide deaths per 100,000 Americans. Can I say something today? Just feel me. If you're struggling with depression, maybe you are on antidepressants. I'm not here to slam you at all. I'm here to tell you that there is a cure. There is a cure, I promise you. And it's called hope. There's nothing like a bottle of hope. You may say, J.L., you, you, you don't know, man. You ain't ever, but you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what I feel. You don't know how I've been raised. You don't. I don't know exactly, but I do know about being hopeless. I do know about being depressed. I do know about panic attacks, and I do know about anxiety. I remember being so depressed I could hardly get my legs to move. I used to make my legs move. And Jesus touched me with his hope. And it changed everything. I want to let you know today, if you're struggling in the area of hope, you came to the right place because we want to pray with you and for you. Come on, Bob Dylan sang a song, one of my favorite songwriters. He wrote about three Christian-type uh, albums. And uh, if, you, if you don't like these lyrics, I don't apologize. This one was called, I Need a Shot of Love. It goes like, you know how Bob sing, he kind of sing kind of weaselly through his nose. I need a shot of love. I need a shot. You trying to turn me down, man? <laughs> hey, bro. Sound man. I'm about ready to fire you. Oh, you do it for free. Did I sound that bad, bro? We, we, we supposed to be partners. You bald-headed, I'm bald-headed, we all bald-headed, right? You going to leave me up? Okay, let's try it again. You see what he's doing to me, Topher. I don't need a shot of heroin to kill my disease. I don't need a shot of turpentine, Lord, to bring me to my knees. I don't need a shot of codeine to help me to repent. I don't need a shot of whiskey, help me to be president. I need a shot of blood. Dun, da, 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 dun, da. How many of y'all remember that? About three people. That's old school right there. <laughs> but why did he sing about needing a shot of love? I think because there's nothing like knowing the love of God. There's nothing like knowing the unconditional love that he has for you. The, the longest road in the world is between here and there. And I used to know it here. I used to know that, yeah, God, you know, he loves me. For God so loved the world that he died for me. And so, but there was, a, there was a moment in time in the 90s where it went from here to here. And I just didn't know, but I know. I know it deep in my heart how much God loves me. And he accepts me. And he cares for me. And it changes. It's a deal breaker. And if you haven't known that today, I want to let you know that he loves you that way. And you can, you, can, you can have this, you can have hope in God today that he does love you. That, that kind of hope right there, that kind of love. Listen to this kind of love that uh, John speaks about it in 1 John 3, 1. He says, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. That, that love that Bob was talking about, it brings great hope. And if you don't know that love today, I'm not talking about 
religion. I'm not talking about playing church. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ that will change everything in your life. We would like to pray for you at the end of this service. Listen to this, Romans 15, 13, beautiful scripture. Now may the God of hope fill you. Well, let me back up on that right there because you can just read that. May the God of hope. Go with me, go with me. May the God of yeah, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. God wants to fill you with hope so that you can abound in hope and be messengers of hope. You know, my friends right here, Tim and Shari right here, they've there, there's a, a girl that's been battling for her life. They don't know that I'm going to say this right here. They, she's been battling over in ICU. And Tim and Shari was in the room with us the other day as we were praying for this family. And, 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 and I found out that this daddy has been staying in their home as their daughter, because they live way out in Cali, as their daughter's been battling in ICU. You know what that is, Tim? I want to let you know right now, you're a messenger, you and Shari, a messenger of hope. I don't mean to, I don't mean to, you know, embarrass you at all, but I want to let you know, we all have the ability. When God pours his hope in us, he wants to pour hope in us to abound in us by the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we can spill out upon other people and impact people's life. Come on. God wants to use you as a messenger of hope in your college this year, on your team, in your high school, in your junior high, in your home, in your workplace. Can you look around? Look at the army of hope that's here and how we can make a difference if we would not. Come on. A lot of people, well, J.O., I just don't hunger for God. I just ain't hungry. You ever struggle with that hunger? You just feel like, I don't feel very hungry. You know what? I've been that way before, and usually when you ain't, you ain't hungry for God, you know what the problem is? You're already full. Full of what? Self. You empty yourself, come on, by serving, by loving, by, come on, being instruments of hope, listen to me, and then you hunger for the things that God really wants you to hunger for, for his kingdom and, and his presence and are you feeling me today? Hope. Listen to the definition of hope today. In the Greek, it means expectation. And you wake up with an expectation in your heart. You wake, you go to school, you go to work, you, 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 you face the day having an expectation. It also means faith and hope. Just a, a regular American uh, uh, definition means, uh, I mean, an English de definition means a feeling of expectation, a desire for a certain thing, hope. I did like an acrostic today, H-O-P-E. And I know that after I preach, there may be, may be one thing that you take away from this today, and I'd rather for you to take away at least one thing that you can put down inside your heart that's going to cause you to be more armed and dangerous and lethal weapons against the kingdom of darkness, Amen. Something in your playbook that you can walk away with. The first one, H, number one, H, is healing. Healing. There's so many people in our community and everywhere around us that need healing. I want to let you know that hope brings healing to the hearts of people. Maybe that's you today. Man, we, I'm not going to ask you to come here and, and go out and be extenders of hope without praying for you. Maybe your heart, maybe your heart's sick.
this morning. I want to let you know that God, because of who he is, he wants to bring hope to you. Hope brings healing. Maybe it's because someone's been through a divorce or maybe it's because of broken. Ex- Has anybody ever had broken expectations before? How many of you had broken expectations? No, 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 no. Some of you, you, you can't daydream on me. Come on now. This ain't, this ain't science class. you like, you know what I'm saying? How many of you have a broken expectation in your life? All of a sudden, you didn't get that raise, or you didn't get that position, or you, you marry that person, you're like, who is that? Not me. I got a beautiful wife. I, praise God. She might think that towards me. Who's that guy? No, she, we got a great marriage. been married 25 years. But I want to let you know, broken expectations. What's broken, broken expectations do? It breaks our heart. Do you know that God came to heal the brokenhearted? He came to heal the broken. Do you know that God's close to the brokenhearted? You, you, you may say, Jay, I'm so broken. Well, if you're saying today, I'm so broken, I want to let you know he's so close. He is close to the brokenhearted. You better know that he's for you and he's with you if you're broken today. But I got news for you. He wants you to get healed up so you can be a carrier of hope to a broken generation and those around you. Maybe you're going through some health problems. I want to let you know health problems can really be a hope sucker, just drain you of hope. Maybe it's damaged emotions. Maybe it's some pain you're faced with. Maybe you've been living in sin. Maybe it's an addiction that you have not been able to kick. All of these things are stealers of hope, all impacting your hope tank, just draining your hope tank. I, I remember very clearly when my sister was killed in, in uh, 1986 at 17 years old. I showed up at that wreck. And there she is laying beside the road. And most of you heard my story before. But I walked away from that wreck completely jacked up. I walked away from that wreck wrecked. I walked away from that wreck absolutely hopeless. I lost my parents at 8. And now I lost my sister at 17. Hopeless. Hopeless is a very dangerous place. Because you will begin to live your life recklessly. I lived for the next several years a reckless life, absolutely in addiction, in and out of jail at short periods of time, but I was there, and all because of my reckless. Why would I live recklessly? Because if I don't care about me, you think I'm going to care about somebody else? That's what hopelessness does in our lives. It's important that you know that God wants to put hope in your heart today. Listen to this scripture out of Proverbs 13, 12, what I'm talking about a sick heart today. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Maybe you're there today. I got news for you. You don't have to stay there. But when the desire comes, it is a, look at that, tree of life. Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly. I want to let you know, you want Jesus on your team. You want Jesus in your corner. He's all about life. He wants to bless your life, and that's all there is to it. Come on. He wants to take away hopelessness out of your life. There's a story about this young man in the Bible who lost all hope, and his name was Esau. Now listen to me. If your name is Jacob, how many Jacobs we have here this morning? Raise your hand. Jacob, Jacob, anybody else? I'm not talking to you. Okay, all right, don't be getting offended at me. We got some good Jacobs in the house. 
This Jacob just happened to be a punk. This Jacob, he came out of his mama's womb trying to grab his brother's heel, twins. Hey, hey, I want to be number one. Hey, hey. He was a manipulator. He was a conniver, deceiver. And this is what he did. I mean, he absolutely drained the hope out of his brother's heart. He did it more than once. Let me just read the story here for a moment. In Genesis 27, 30 through 38, if you have your Bibles, turn there. It's okay that you don't have your Bibles. It's absolutely okay. As long as you have them memorized. Right? Cool? If you, do, if you have your Bibles, turn it. Let me help you where that is. First book of the Bible, everyone say Genesis. I was preaching the gospel on the streets one day and uh, was doing it through, through video just asking people questions and kind of interviewing them. And, and uh, one of the questions we had asked is, do you know the books of the Bible? And do you know the first book of the Bible? And this guy was videoing him and just gave us an avenue to share Christ with them and pray for them. And uh, I said, do you know the book, uh, first book of the Bible? He goes, I know the first book. I, I know the book. I know the book. I know the book. And we got him on video. Gemini. <laughs> That's okay if you don't know the books of the Bible. It really is. That's why we're here. Now it happened, verses 30 through 38, as soon as Isaac was finished blessing Jacob. Why was Isaac blessing Jacob? Because Jacob had just dressed like his brother. He probably put some elk urine on him or goat urine or something. Because uh, Esau, listen to me, he was a hunter. And he put hair on his arms and he changed his voice and, you know. Sometimes if you don't know who you are in Jesus Christ, you try to be like somebody else. And God had to get a hold of Jacob because he was trying to be someone else. He got a hold of him and changed his name to Israel. Jacob didn't always stay a punk. He was really transformed by the power of God. That's what God does. He comes and transforms us. I used to walk with a limp and carry a brew. Ha, ha, ha. You know why? Because that was cool. I used to cuss. I had a crazy old vocabulary. Had a gun like Homeward at a Harry. Hop in my car, lean to the side, and turn my Kenwood up sky high. And at the discotheques, you can bet I'd be on the floor cold, working a sweat. I used to lie about the girls I had. Fight on my brothers so I could be bad or have a name. But I was bound to change because that junk is all in vain. I went to church didn't learn a thing I thought it was a good money scheme matter of fact I wasn't listening to the word bro I was checking out the girls you know I had a bible but it collected dust upon my shelf until I took it upon myself to check it out without a doubt now I read it so much the pages are coming out I'm transformed man just like a gobot but this ain't no cartoon and I'm not a robot I'm like a caterpillar who crawled into cocoon and before your eyes came out a butterfly I'm transformed God wants to transform you come on listen No, 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 check this out. We, we want, in America, we want to be informed, informed, informed. God just doesn't want to inform you. He wants to transform you. He wants to transform you by his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and Jacob had to go through a transformation. He had to be transformed. And look, he's conniving. How many of you know that you come out of the womb a sinner? You come out of the womb lying and and, 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 and cheating and all those things. Now, I know some of you got a good story and you didn't come out like that, you know. But yet, yet honestly, yeah, you did. Because we're all sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. That's why Jesus came. Let me read on the story. It says, Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Jacob had scarcely gone from the presence of Isaac, his father, and Esau, his brother, came from his hunting. 
Esau had been out hunting, getting some stew for his daddy. He also made some savory food and brought it to the father and said to the father, Let my father arise and eat some of the son's game, that your soul may be blessed. And the father Isaac said, Who are you? See, Isaac was about blind or blind, and he was an older gentleman, and he had just been taken by his younger son, Jacob. See, the blessing went to the older son, Esau, and Jacob was working. He was manipulating. Jacob, all of his life, wanted to be blessed. Matter of fact, he wrestled with an angel of God all night long. And man, the Bible says that he prevailed. And the angel of God said, let me go. Jacob said, I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. And God just went, boop. And he walked with a limp because he popped his hip out. And if you see him at the end of his life, he's blessing his children and, and his family, and he's leaning on a staff. He probably limped all of his life. All Jacob wanted to do was be blessed, but he tried to do it in a wrong fashion. He lies. I, Isaac doesn't know what's going on. Who are you? Goes on to say, um, and Esau heard the words of his father, and he cried, an exceedingly great bitter cry, and said to the father, Bless me, me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, It is not rightly, is his name not rightly Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now look. He's taken away my blessing. He said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said to Esau, indeed, I have made him your master. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And all his brothers I've given to him as servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to the father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, oh, my father. And Esau lifted his voice. And wept. Why? Because of broken expectation. He lost all hope. If you're here today and someone's jacked you up, broken, broken uh, expectation, broken life, broken relationship, physically broken, I want to let you know you came to the right place because God wants to heal you. Because, listen to me, he is the God of hope this morning. Everyone say Healing. Healing comes through hope. Hope is a healer. Hope will melt depression and emotional baggage, break the chains in your life. If you're struggling today, you're saying, man, I got I to gotta be an addict because I just need the peace. Listen, that, that doesn't work. God wants you to really know true hope so that you can be truly free. The second one, H-O, everyone say with me, optimistic. The definition of that is hopeful and confident about the future. Are you hopeful and confident about the future? Maybe some of you are starting college right now, and starting school, a new grade, a new teacher, a new whatever, a new job. Are you hopeful and confident about the future? Well, you can be because of who God is. J.R.R. Tolkien said, there is some good uh, in this world, and it's worth fighting for. Don't walk around with, hey, man, this world is just terrible, and it." It's going to hell in a handbasket and 
Remember that Jesus died for this world and he saved this world and he wants us to face it. I say this, number one, have optimism on your face. Go ahead. I call it faith on your face. Go ahead. Smile at your neighbor right now. Now you go ahead and, and do your best not to smile. Go ahead. Do your best not to smile because somebody, I asked you to smile. Go ahead. Smile at your neighbor. Give him a good smile. Put faith on your face. You, listen to me, you'll be amazed of what a smile on your face, how it can impact lives around you. You would absolutely be amazed. Jim Cavalzal, yes, Cavizel, remember him? Passion of the Christ, he played the character of Jesus Christ. He said this, and I thought it was just beautiful when it comes to optimism on our face. The point I'm trying to make is that you go to church on Sunday, but the real Christ is out there in your life every day, whether it be the guy who helped you on the street, how you live your life, listen to this, and your countenance that makes people want to be with you. I want to let you know that your face impacts people around you. God's not... He's not looking for sourpuss Christians. Come on. It's okay to smile. It's okay, it's okay to. How many of you like to interact with people who uh, show it on their face? They're, they're nice and, and, and excited and they want to see you. Or, or, or just like you walk in Starbucks maybe and they go, what, what do you want? You go take your kids to the nursery. Give me that kid. Huh? Right? Now that doesn't happen here, and I hope it doesn't happen at Starbucks, but here's my point. It matters. Our face matters. Look at that right there. You faking that, J.O.? I'm not faking that, man. I'm excited. I'm full of hope. And it's not a fake thing. I can put some faith on my face because of who God is. Amen? How many of you people who have a job or you own a business, you want all your employees when they greet other people like this? <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, I guess uh, here's a menu. You don't do that, right? Optimism in your attitude, not just on your face, but in your action. If you spell out attitude and you line it with the alphabet, it comes out to 100%. 100%. Attitude has everything to do with it. Coach, you want some good attitude on your team? Does it matter? It makes all the difference in the world, in whatever you do in life, in your marriage, in your work, whatever it is. And we should be, I tell you what, we should have the greatest attitudes on the face of the earth. Come on. I'm saved. I'm healed. Come on. I've been delivered. Man, I was on the highway to hell, and now I'm on the stairway to heaven. Come on, somebody. Man, I can have a good attitude. I have a relationship with Jesus. I've been, come on, he's accepted me. He loves me. Man, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Come on, somebody. You can have a good attitude. We all got to get up in the morning and screw our heads on right, right? Go to that coffee pot, get you a cup of coffee, and start thinking right. But you can adjust. Well, J.L., that's just who I am. I'm just an honor, old buzzard. <laughs> well, change. Come on. Greater is he that is in you, that he's in the world. Come on. 
You can change. It's hard, but you can do it. See, not just attitude in your face, not just in your heart, but in your words too. I love David. He came out and hope had been taken out of the nation of Israel and out of the army of Israel because nine foot nine jungle breath Goliath. Intimidation. Fear will suck hope right out of your heart. And David came out there, little, 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 little five foot five, buck 50, 15, uh, 15 year old David comes out there. He says, hey, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? He's like, let me at him. Just let me at him. Just let me at him. Just let me at him. <laughs> and you know what David was so cool about is that David was an instrument of hope. Yeah, we know that he took Goliath out, but you know what? He was all about it. He put hope in the army. He put hope in the, uh, uh, the chiefs. He put hope in the king, and he put hope in the nation of Israel. Come on. God is not looking for multitudes. It doesn't take 300 people to change a city or a school. He's only looking for a couple of people who will step out of the boat and allow him to work through him like he did David, like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all the other people that we see in the Bible. Messengers of hope. Come on. Will you be a messenger of hope with your words? Encourage you. My wife, she's taught me so much because she's a messenger of hope with words. I'm like, Radine, talk to me, please, honey. And she just encouraged me with words. Come on, those, there's power. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Power. Power in that tongue. Come on, power in your words. Amen. Man, I got to get going. Let me read this scripture. I got to read this scripture. You should write this down. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Without waving, for he who promises is faithful. I'm just going to skip on these real quick. Number three, when my son moves up here, start messing with his instrument. You know what he's saying? Daddy, you, it's, it's time. It's time, Daddy. It's time. Time. Yeah, I know, son. Three. Everyone say peace. Peace. H-O-P. You, you, you ought to go online and hear last night because I was able to really preach it because I, I abused Saturday night. Not, not bad. I preach a little longer on Saturday night. Peace. Hope is the pathway to peace. What do you mean by that, J.O.? When I had no hope, when I didn't know God, when I didn't know about heaven, when I didn't have a relationship with God, when I was living in my sin, I was absolutely hopeless. Absol in addiction, in pain, hopeless. But whenever I came to know Jesus Christ, listen, because of Jesus... We now have hope. We now have peace with God. Jesus took on our judgment. He took on the wrath of God for you. And he gives you great peace. Peace, listen, hope will lead you into peace. I'm not talking about this type of peace. I'm not talking about peace, man, peace, 1969 peace. That peace never existed. I'm talking about a real peace in your heart. A security, knowing that God is with you, knowing how much he loves you. 
and that your eternal security, you're, to, you're totally secure in him because of what he's done in a relationship with him. Which leads me to number four, H-O-P-E, eternity, eternity. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? I do. I don't mean that arrogantly. I have confidence, full confidence in him because of what he's did for me. But I have great hope because I know where I'm going to have spend eternity in heaven and paradise with God and some of my family members and friends. Come on. Eternity. Look what it says about eternity. It's a beautiful scripture. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. 